The Birth Circle podcast features experts in all the nuanced areas of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with the aim of helping women make the choices that will keep them safe, healthy, and empowered. We respect all birth choices and believe in supporting informed consent and evidence-based practices. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. You should always seek the advice of a competent professional for your care. Welcome to the Birth Circle podcast. This is Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I'm joined by Shannon Shepard, and we're going to be talking about the experience of a birth mother. Shannon's birth mother placed a baby how many years ago? 13. 13. She just turned 13. Oh my goodness. 13 years ago. And in full disclosure, I do know Shannon. She's a good friend, and so I'm going to be asking some hard questions. Um, This is a topic that I feel like is so taboo, and... Um, a lot of people have questions, and so Shannon is gracious enough to allow me to ask her all sorts of crazy questions. <laughs> I love to talk about this, actually. <laughs> to me, the most healing thing in the whole process has been talking about it and just hoping that my experience helped anyone else. So, Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to... I'm just going to start right out of the gate with one of the hard questions, okay? Okay. All right. So you must not have loved your baby if you placed your baby. (laughs) (laughs) After this, nothing is going to (laughs) be off the table, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think of um, just people I talked to, my adoption, I'll probably get more into the story, but it was very last minute, actually. So I didn't have a lot of time to... um, explain to anyone like people in my circle even my family co-workers not a lot of people knew um because I didn't know till very late in the pregnancy that that's what I should do you were thinking about maybe keeping I was the baby? planning to parent. parent we had me and the birth dad had lawyers talking we weren't really interacting there was a plan of his visitation his child support you know all those things it was just this big legal mess too and um And I remember after just, and in the years since then, when I'm trying to be someone that just wants people to realize this as an option, Mm -hmm. as you're in a situation with a pregnancy that wasn't planned and maybe not necessarily going to go so well after the baby's here, maybe just explore that idea. And I do, it's amazing how often someone will say, I could never do that. I just love my baby too much. I must love my baby more than you did. (laughs) And, And I just... I'm like, wow, slap in the face. But it's really, I I have five children. If I count her, I've given birth five times and I love every one of them Mm -hmm. so much. But her, it was, there was something about getting her out of this crappy situation, no matter what it did to me. So sorry, I'm getting choked up. Well, how can you not? (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So so, I guess, I guess that means you love her just a little bit. I did love her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I still love her so much. And so that is just such a There's nothing in adoption, and I'm speaking from my experience and from other birth mothers I know. I know that there's many experiences and everything here, but I just couldn't imagine ever feeling like a birth mother had anything but this amazing love Mm -hmm. that they wanted to give their baby something better than what they had to offer either. So, yes, that's a question that (laughs) I... I don't understand it, but I hear it enough that I know it's a, it's a misconception. Well, I'm just, I'm poking so, at you, but really legit, like really legitimately, legitimately people ask you this question. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
And okay, people don't ask that question ever again. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's such a weird, and it's not all the time, but you know, certain things people can say to you that really sting, and you want to really defend it, mm-hmm. and I, and you want them to get in your head and your heart and see why you would give your baby to someone else. It certainly wasn't because I was like, oh, this is inconvenient. I don't want her. If that's it, then I probably would have been in a clinic with an abortion, right? Yeah. Like, so. So there's that. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question. Got that out of the way. <laughs> well, and also I'm going to say some politically incorrect things. So correct me I because will. there are <laughs> some terms like you don't say give up your baby to adopt for adoption anymore. That's right. so 1950s. Yep. You say place. Yes. So I've been educated, mm-hmm. but sometimes we just fall into those old linguistic habits. So sure. correct me when I say I'm yeah. wrong. <laughs> yep. We yeah. all do that. I didn't know until I was in the scenario. So, so you have an... Ad- an open adoption? Yes. So explain like the the spectrum of openness in an adoption. So for us, it started out with just, they wanted to send me pictures and letters and we emailed and her mom would email me pretty often. And we became really good friends through email. It's kind of fun. I should go back and read some of those emails sometimes because it was just this friendship that I started to get in a place with it where I was just felt like I was this person that my friend was telling me about her baby and I would see pictures of her and she looked just like me. And, and that was just really fun because to me, adoption, what I had understood before being a birth mother was I'm going to give them my baby and then who knows, like, I hope everything's okay, you know, and I trusted Mm. them and, but then they wanted to be more open. And so it was really cool because I got to see her grow up through email. And then first time I saw her in person again, she was 18 months old. Her mom and I ran a half marathon at the same time and they had her at the finish line. So that was really cool to see her in person. And then she even on my birthday last year, sent me a Facebook message through her mom's Facebook page, you know, just things like that that are really fun. We've randomly- What does she call you? She calls me Shannon. I know when I was, when she was smaller, they'd say she'd call me Shannon birth mom and They've had a picture of me in her room since the day she was born. It's a picture of us at placement. So she was a day old. And so she knew that. So her she knew. And that's mom. so amazing that she just, it never had to be this dirty little secret that you're 18 years old or whatever. You know, you hear those stories of someone finding out, you know, much later in life. It's always been open in a sense that she's known about me. And then I've been invited to a few things. Um, we've just, you know, that's open to us. Some people open is they go to all the birthdays, they go to all the events, and we've just had a few little things. But So open is however you define it. Yeah, and it's worked well for us. So um, a hard question coming up. Um, <laughs> do you ever regret your decision, like watching her grow up? Do you regret? You know, it's a good question because I think people do. There is really a lot of pain and trauma in adoption. Mm -hmm. Personally, I've been so blessed that I never have. I, right away when the decision was made, it was the, so I decided to place her 10 days before she was born. Oh. Super quick. (laughs) Well, and and then what did the birth father say about that? He was happy. That was kind was of it a, just finally it was a getting resolution. Out of it. Yeah. And at that point, the law in Utah, if I relinquished my rights, his rights were automatically relinquished. That's not the law anymore. But no. I was able to just kind of handle that on my own. But for him, it was everything was kind of legal and money and, you know, so he was okay so with it that was decision. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness. So and you're and you're uh, you're 
parents were, they only had 10 days notice that they yeah. were going to get a baby. <laughs> yeah. And that, and I, I was trying to give them two weeks like, notice. How, but, two weeks pregnancy, how would you cram nine months of pregnancy into 10 days? That's what I just, these birth, these adoptive parents, they, they get to cram their entire gestation into just a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. You just find <laughs> like, out and yeah. Yeah. So remind, I'm sorry, remind me your original question. Where are we going oh. with this? <laughs> Oh, did you regret it? Oh, regret. Okay. I should have wrote it then. So, so right away, so that I thought I was giving him two weeks notice. Well, the decision was really made about three weeks before she was due, but she ended up being born 10 days later. And that night that I decided that's what I should do was actually the first night I slept during my whole pregnancy because I was so stressed out about everything. It was just mm. a big mess that I was in and I did it to myself. It was all my own fault, you know, I mean, it was his fault too, but I just <laughs> was in this scenario where it was just not anything I'd ever seen, not only my life end up as, but especially my child, like this baby that was being born in this mess, you know? And so when finally I mm. opened my mind to adoption, I was so at peace about it. And through everything, I just always have felt peace. And even times where maybe I'd get a little bit sad, I would just get this comforting, you did the right thing. I've heard that mm -hmm. just in my heart, in my mind so many times. And I just, I have no doubt she's where she should be. So really, to me, the mess I got myself into that created this beautiful human gave this awesome couple that physically can't have their own babies a baby. And that's amazing. And so, so really, I know that was a long winded answer, but never have I felt any regret, even for the situation that got me there. It just all ended up so beautifully. Cause I know people, some people say, well, if you have an ad open adoption, you'll just make the birth mother jealous or mm -hmm. then she'll want like more control or, and I, I just wanted to know, <laughs> really get to the bottom of, of it. Like that's doesn't always happen. Yeah, not at all for me. I love that I can see her life and I know what she does and I know that she's loved and I know it just has validated me time and time again. So do you think so, you'll have a relationship with her when she's an adult? I hope so. I don't know what that will look like, but it'll be really be interesting. Awesome. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And my other kids, I mean, they, even her birthday a month or so ago, they made a box for her and they put they cut out hearts and they put little fun quotes on it and little drew pictures and mm -hmm. we mailed it to her house. And I thought how fun it is like they, if you ask my kids about their siblings, they include her, you know? And I think it's cool to think that like, that is really new age. Yeah. Cause is there still a stigma around like, Oh, your future partner is going to know you placed a baby. Is there like, is there still a stigma with that? There, there was for me before I got remarried, there definitely was for me. I was worried that they just, the fact that there, you know, there'd been this other partner and there was this baby made and like, where's the baby? And then, yeah. and then the misconception about exactly what we started out with, you gave a baby away because you didn't love her and, right. you know, those, and I thought, you know, that really was something that I did kind of worry about. And I think the women I know that are birth mothers that are you know, married now and happy with their families and everything. Most of those scenarios that I know personally, I would say it's not that way at all. The husbands, the men really see this for what it is. Like, they do. Yeah. I've seen that a lot. And that's, that was my experience of like, wow, you do that for your kid. Like just really seeing that versus. And that's oh, when you, you know you're marrying a winner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's probably more it. Like, you know, and 
it's, you know, there's naysayers and everything we do, there's going to be people that don't understand and that, yeah. you know, don't get it, but can't keep their mouths shut. Yeah. And you just, to me, I've learned in my 39 years of life that we just need to get into our own hearts and our own minds and our own intentions and just let the universe work itself out if people judge us for yeah what we did. But So your first, um, your first pregnancy that you placed, um, that was really stressful. Then what was the experience the next time you got pregnant with, then you were married, right? Mm-hmm. What, what kind of headspace were you in this time yeah. knowing that you would keep this baby and raise and parent this baby? Like, yeah. did that do things to your head? No. So I had, <laughs> I have a son that is older than my daughter I placed for adoption too. So I had had a baby and he was three when I, the adoption situation. Then the next one was it. So now baby number three and I'm remarried and we're, you know, having this other baby. She's almost eight now. That was really cool. Like you, when you go through something really alone, I mean, I was yeah. alone in a sense of like, there wasn't a partner to go to prenatal visits with. There wasn't someone to pick the baby's name. There wasn't someone to get excited about. I was really lucky to have an amazing family and support of friends and even coworkers through my pregnancy. I felt so loved and taken care of and not judged at all ever, which was really cool. But the difference of being in a happy, committed, healthy relationship and being pregnant versus Okay, so you have this baby. <laughs> Mind blown. This is a mess, huh? you know. It you appreciate it so much more. Because were you married yeah. with your first then? Yeah. Yep. Married, divorced, and then the and then an unplanned pregnancy. And mess, that okay, and got then, it. Um, yeah. And then remarried, and then remarried, and you know, just so yeah, it is something that I think. So my last, my husband and I have three together, and those experiences have been very. Lovely and sweet. Yeah. So there's a big difference for sure. Okay. So more hard questions. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's research out there that say that people who have been placed as a baby um, feel like adoption is maybe more painful than abortion or, or that a baby can't properly bond with their adoptive family, like that you might as well have just aborted because... Have you heard this study? Yeah, yeah. That that you that was a blood that's thicker than I I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. So well, I've heard that different aspects of that and just <laughs> I, yeah, even voicing that question. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, it's just it's really heavy stuff because to tell a child that they could or even adult. I mean, there's I we all have people that have been adopted. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone tell somebody that oh your relationship and... must not really be real with your parents because studies have shown that you can. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. You talk now because I'm really stressed out. (laughs) It's so interesting. I read recently a part of this, what you're talking about was it was around adoption. So someone who placed a baby for adoption versus someone that had an abortion or just maybe surveying people in general, right? What would be more painful, placing a baby for adoption or abortion? And hands down, it was decided among this group people that were surveyed that placing a baby for adoption would be harder than an abortion. Wow. And I just read that and I'm like, and I know, so in, when I placed her 13 years ago, it was like 1% of babies born to unwed mothers were placed for adoption. And 
that and but we know I don't know statistics. What only one percent of babies? So the babies oh my that are goodness. like written on a birth certificate without a dad. So whatever that means, maybe there's a dad. So like adoption that. is actually pretty uncommon. It's very uncommon, and I couldn't tell you abortion statistics off the top of my head. I have a teenage son that's very pro-life that could, but I know it's the numbers are nauseating, right? And I'm not judging. I'm not I'm not trying to get political here, but I do know of women close to me over the years that I've known that have had an abortion at one point in their lives that live with so much regret. I know for me, so my daughter that I placed is 13. Like I said, I know girls in my community. I have nieces that are her same age. I have a neighbor that's her same age. When I see those girls, personally for me, it is not painful. It's actually really fun. And I want to know what they're into. And I want to know you know, I just want to see what a 13-year-old girl is doing right now. You Instead know, of looking so at them with regret yes. and going, oh, that's how old this baby would have been. Right. And that's what I think. <sighs> oh. of if it were me, I'm just speaking from my right. own experience, but if it were me, I can't imagine how I would be feeling. I Personally, I feel like I would be regret. I would have regret every day of my life, or I'd be pu- pushing it to the side, or maybe I've been through therapy to work through it. But, but with my adoption, I'm a hero to them. Yeah. I'm like, you know, just that pregnancy was so hard. Yeah. In sorry, the moment I'm choked up again, but well, I guess <laughs> sorry, I'll get I let know. you <laughs> I just didn't cry. Don't talk about things that make you emotional. No. Um, so I just don't even, you know, it's such a difference of just going through that really it was really sucky <laughs> to be How did you really you know, feel it was about really it? Really not fun to be I mean, really, the little bit of the backstory, like it was just a thing that ended really quick. It was not a good choice. I was seeing some guy that wasn't even, I didn't want to date him. I end things. I'm trying to clean up that mess. And then I find out I'm pregnant. And I'm, I was 26. How easily could I have just ended it and hit like it, you know, you, your first thought and things like that are like, how do I get out of this? You know, and it just, but it really quickly was like, no, I'm going to own it. I'm going to admit it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to do right by this baby and everything. And that I have that power and I feel like I did. And I feel like Mm. it was just the right thing for me for sure. So, so yeah, with that idea of, I mean, how did your family, how did your family react the whole time, the whole, during the pregnancy? And then when you decided to place. So I didn't really I tried to avoid talking about it for a little while. It was just really hard. I mean, I just had gone through a divorce and got knocked up, like all this big mess I got myself into. And so when I finally said something to an aunt who was amazing, she was my doula at that birth too, Aunt Jill, if she listens to this, <laughs> um, she she's the first one I told because she was, she, in my family, she's the least non-judgmental, fun to only Aunt Jill can listen to this podcast, everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember just, you know, her coming with me to tell my grandma, my grandpa, you know, just people that you think, yeah, <sighs> it just was not very fun. But, you know, everyone was just like, okay, well, we're going to love this baby. Like it just, I just, I have a good family that you don't want to tell them disappointing things, but if you mm-hmm. have to, it was, it was fine. I still love you. It was fine. But then when it came to the adoption, that was my mom had a hard time with it. Like 
it was I was taking her baby, giving her baby or her, you know, grandbabies and babies. Yeah, They're almost it's a little fuzzy there with yeah. the line is. I agree, yeah. <laughs> but it was just that was really hard because it it was to me obviously a, not an easy decision mm-hmm. and something that I knew I needed to do. So to have anyone have an opinion, you know, but but I the hardest thing for me, I remember my little boy that was three at the time. He was getting a baby and he was so excited about it. And I remember. So the timing of placement, his dad was actually visiting from Europe and had him with him. And I decided to place him, the baby, for adoption while my son was gone. So I never even had a chance to talk to him, to tell him. Oh. I had the baby and placed her before I even got to see him again. And that was really hard for me. You did all the hard was, things. I know. It was terrible. And I remember thinking, how you know, you don't want to disappoint your kids. That is like Mm-mm. the worst thing ever. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'll often, I'm not telling them we're doing anything fun until it's like... We're actually on the way because it's just, you don't you want to, you, yeah. you try well, not you don't to. want to be called a liar. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Rushing your dreams. Anyway, yes. <laughs> yeah. So with the a baby, obviously that's a big thing. So I remember just being really sad that he wasn't getting this baby he'd been so excited about. And and then when I told him, and he was playing and I said, Ethan, remember how I had a baby in my belly? Yes. Well, she's not there anymore. She's with another mom and dad. And he just looked at me and said, well, that's okay. I wanted a brother anyway and just went right on playing. And I was like, okay, that was going to be the most painful oh conversation of my life. And that was it. So, so overall. <laughs> so he was fine yeah, with yeah, it. Overall, yeah. It was Did he really, get some brothers later? He has a baby brother now. He's yeah. two. So <laughs> finally, and Ethan's 17. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it really, that's what I think of when I talk about the, the hero thing, not to be like, I'm such a hero, but like you people tr- have treated me that way, like, they know it was hard. My family and my friends all know how hard it was. Mm-hmm. And they saw this journey. And I think everyone kind of goes there of like, wow, that's something you could have got out of. And instead you yeah. carried this baby for well, nine months. That's, and- that's the thing is it's half half of your brain says wants to judge you. Mm-hmm. And then the other brain goes, wow, I could never do what she just did. She's a hero. And then you go back to, yeah, but like that's yeah. kind of what the culture, it feels like the cultures do to birth mothers. And even having you on the show, I feel like I've got this sacred morsel of, <laughs> of knowledge here that is like, we're delving into stuff that it, birth mothers are just kind of the unknown. Yeah. Because we just like don't know what to say. Yeah. Because you're like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. But don't really tell me why you did it because it's so confusing. You don't even understand. Yeah. 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 But I've I've been so lucky over the years, over even right around the time of after placement. And I remember going back to work and everyone knowing what had happened. And everyone had a story of someone who was touched by adoption. And they just want to tell you and like, you know, just so that it's been really cool. So I don't. Yeah. I'm happy with how it ended up. (laughs) That's all that matters, right? <laughs> well, I want her to be happy. Really, exactly. I want yeah. her to be happy about how it ended. Yeah. Up, and then, so back to the other part of my question about um, the ability to bond properly, like oh, yeah. between um, a biological child and an adopted child. Like you hear a lot of people uh, resenting their birth parents or resenting their adoptive parents and going on this mission to go find out who they are. Because, and I just, I just want to know what your feeling is on that about uh, can a baby like. What was your feeling? You, because you know that this baby, this her, she's with her parents. Mm-hmm. You are not her parent. What does yeah. that mean for bonding? And so it's funny what when you say that it makes me think of just feeling like everything was kind of meant to be. Ah, like, you know when you have your baby and you feel this. I'm sure when you're at a birth, like I do as a doula, or you know you you're at a birth and there's that feeling 
of this mom and dad and their baby and their family. And it's just so glorious. And, you know, you felt that when you brought your own children into the world, I Mm -hmm. imagine. I didn't feel that with her. That feeling wasn't there in the room. I loved her. She was sweet, but I, it wasn't the same. Not at all. But they came to visit me at the hospital. I invited them after she was born. I said, come meet her. And the feeling was in the room then. And I remember sitting in the hospital bed and I'm looking over at them on the couch with their baby. And it was just like, yeah, that's their baby. And that's always stayed with me through everything. She's their daughter. She is loved by them, raised by them, you know, everything about that. It's, we've been really fortunate. I know it's not always that way for people, but for me, it definitely has been. And I just, you know, I know some people have to do a little more effort to bond with an adoptive baby, maybe maybe some therapy, you know, a few things they have to do and it's harder. Luckily with her mom and dad, it just has clicked. And I just really believe that's just how it was meant to be. So yeah. And then her with her parents, she's bonded. She's, yeah, in her mind, that's her parents. And and I like to think we've done it in as healthy way as possible with picture of me in a room, right? Yeah, actually, that was my next question is, what are the things that you think contribute to this really healthy situation all the way around? Just the mutual respect her parents and I have had for each other from, they are grateful to me. They didn't have I, any weird guilt over you placing your baby with them or anything. If they did, she, she they never didn't. told me. Uh-huh. <laughs> but maybe. I, I can't imagine you would, right? As a woman, you think, you know, I'm grateful to have this baby, but you still feel for the other person. So, Well, I know an adoptive mother that said to me that she had postpartum and she yeah. didn't dare voice her feelings mm. of of um, anguish because she, how could she even compare what she was going through to what the birth mother had yeah, gone through? Yeah. And did you know that you can have postpartum as an adopted mother? Right. We're going to talk about that later. Yes, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And that is, but, that's really heartbreaking to me. I think of that with infertility too. These women that have a baby they worked really hard for, or they, you know, had to wait for, they had to put themselves out there to hope and a birth mother would find them. And then they don't have any right to feel normal things that you would feel and mm-hmm. you know so well and then here you are getting pregnant knocked up like the yeah, we said got myself knocked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's these women that are struggling with infertility mm-hmm. and how dare you just flippantly get pregnant like that <laughs> yeah I know it's so messed up <laughs> I know. Yeah, we all have our trials though you know but I think with them there's gratitude from me because they were ready for her they were in a place where they had what they needed and they could take her and they have given me so much peace and so mm-hmm. much respect. And, you know, and that's what we really have all around. I hope that she feels it too. That yeah. we all just, she's so loved. And, and I really just full intentions, nothing but wanting the best for her. And they are seriously the best. So it just is really cool to. And your kids, um, your younger kids say anything like, wishing that, that she lived with them or are they completely understanding the balance of the universe? Yeah. Every once in a while, once my six-year-old, she said something about like, as if it was a kid, we just didn't want to. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, Oh, that's that. Um, we won't get rid of you. You know, like that kind <gasps> of thought, like that's kind of how I felt like she took it. And so Oh, I do try to have open discussion about it, but it's hard. Little kids don't understand. It's really hard to explain that mommy got knocked down <laughs> just but for, I mean I joke with my kids that I'll sell them yeah, or take one out sure. and make another one that looks just like them yeah but 
in your family, those jokes are not. Yeah, because it's be. like adoption is a real. <laughs> oh no! Thing. We even did foster care, and so they had different. You know, they had those ideas too of like a kid comes and he's your brother, and then oh, you know, so, so I think, everybody needs therapy. Well, I think it's fine. I think <laughs> they just see different. Like, and that's what we try to use to teach them, right? Of when it comes to the adoption, like the my daughter that I placed was being born in a scenario that wasn't. She wasn't going to have a mom and a dad and, you know, just, but it's really hard. And I think as we, they get older, we have to have deeper conversation about it. So they really understand. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, for now, the way we try to explain it to them of, you know, we just wanted her to have a mom and a dad and that was meant to be a mom and dad, you know, but yeah. it is tricky, but I think just answering their questions and talking about it and, you know, but, and they just adore her. They don't even really know her in person, you know, but we have pictures of her and different things, but have they met her in in person? So we went to something with their family. When was this? Five years ago, and so my six year old was a baby, and then my almost eight year old was a toddler. So they met her then, but they were so little that yeah. So yeah, they asked though. <laughs> they have this like, fantasy story about yeah, 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 but. I don't know. We'll see what it evolves into when they're older and hopefully they can see her more. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I want to take you back to the beginning again. (laughs) So you just found out you were pregnant. Had you considered abortion adoption at that point or what, what was going through your mind right then? So seeing a positive pregnancy test (laughs) when you weren't planning or in a, in a good situation to bring a baby into, there definitely is a moment of, oh crap, what am I going to do? You know, but I honestly, I never once went there with abortion. That just mm. was never an option for me. Adoption from the get-go, that was something, I mean, in my age that I was, I already had a son. I had a, I could provide. I didn't go there either. But you didn't want to tell your grandma. But I didn't want to tell my grandma. So, so I think more of the thought was like, how do I like run away? <laughs> you know, because um, mathematically, I go? that's really smart. Yeah, go hide with a newborn. Was, yeah, right. Uh, sure, but yeah, <laughs> and that's not. It was more, you know, like trying to think of. I think anytime we, you know, we make a decision that leads us somewhere that we're gonna have to own up to, it's like you know, you're probably instinctually there's a at least a first thought of how do I get out of this? And, and you know, ado- abortion to me wasn't the option to get out of it. And obviously adoption was not getting out of anything for me. Mm-mm. I still presented myself as pregnant, <laughs> you know? So, so that was really kind of the, the point to me of, you know, I went through that. Okay. Can I run away from this? No. Okay. I better, <laughs> You're doing all the math. <laughs> I better own up, <laughs> you know? So, so then you go get to tell grandma. Yeah. Yeah. And, but we're just going to, figure this out here. Right. So Mm. birth dad was just kind of not really, I mean, I'd already ended things with him before I even found out I was pregnant. So go. So he was not happy with the news at all. He was just, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Um, Not happy and not, not supportive. Not, not like what you want when you're find out you're pregnant, you want it to be fun Mm -hmm. and exciting. And that's not always that way. So, so I went through the pregnancy with him, just no help had some great friends and family, like I mentioned, that just really helped me through it all. And it just, when there was a point with him where I realized, okay, you're not even going to come to a prenatal visit or even 
pay for anything that maybe you should be like, this is not your problem. Clearly it was not his problem. Mm -hmm. And so through the pregnancy that became a, well, now I better find a good lawyer because I know my baby has rights. I have rights. He should have to financially be a little bit responsible for this too. I was already a single mom. I knew that also meant he, he would get visitation and that when I started looking at that, it would just make me sick. Like I would just think I didn't want to date him and now I've got to send my baby to him. You know, it just did not feel right. Yeah. Nothing about this felt like my idea of a good time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And we'll get into your idea of a good time later. (laughs) Yeah, right. But I also, at the same time, I'd been seeing a caseworker through LDS Family Services. And that's, you can, at the time, uh, any unpregnant or unpregnant, unwed pregnant woman could Mm -hmm. seek free counseling through them. So I was do I was going to see this caseworker every week and and she I think in her job I mean she was an adoption social worker she would say have you thought about adoption right the very first time I met with her and I shot it right down no why would I do that you know yeah and I just in my mind and I'm I picture being her where adoption was so logical she's seeing my scenario from an outsider perspective and also from someone who's seen these homes that aren't you know, babies being born in less than ideal scenarios. And she's think probably thinking, yeah, you should. And I'm thinking, no, I can provide, this is my baby. There's no way. So I went, but I still went to see her and she didn't push adoption ever, ever, ever. She just mentioned it. She'd plant the seed, right? And she mm-hmm. just, she'd say, why don't you come to one of the support groups just so you can see. And that, that's exactly what I'm saying about all this too, right? Just explore it as an option Find healthy adoption situations and yeah. and find the unhealthy ones too, right? You don't need to see all of the good. See and figure out what might work for you. Mm-hmm. And and then, but that's, you know, I was so, there's no way I wouldn't do that. And But then as things evolved with him and it just, my baby being born in this scenario just really was not what I wanted to happen. And so that's where, you know, towards the very end, I'd made a plan and it involved him, you know, co-raising this baby, everything. And it never felt right. Even though it started legal process, it was going to be the legal plan. And I was ready to do that. And then one day, I was actually with a friend driving down the street in Roy, Utah. (laughs) And I remember, I felt like there was this spark in the car and like this huge, powerful feeling. And there... It wasn't really a spark, but that's how it felt. And my friend felt it too. And and I just started sobbing. And he said, this baby isn't supposed to be with you. <gasps> and I'm like, that's I a, know. That's a I, pretty strong friend. It was amazing. Yeah. And there's a whole backstory, him connecting with me. Like anyway, um, kind of some religious stuff there, but it was pretty cool. And this friend had been with me through the whole pregnancy. And that was, that was really cool. And I remember right then just... I'm actually supposed to place her for adoption and I hadn't even considered that. So that night I went on itsaboutlove.org, doesn't exist anymore, but that was the LDS Family Services adoption profile website or probably Uh just adoption website, but you could go on there and search profiles of couples that were hoping to adopt. And I, they were the first one I actually looked at. Really? But I ended up looking at probably 200 (laughs) 
like online. Yeah, because like, overthink it as much as possible. Yeah, that's but I just I know, but I it was the biggest decision yeah, I ever made in my I life. I can't even it imagine. Right, that's right. why I'm joking at you because yeah. I don't understand how you would even start to make that decision. Yeah, it was crazy. But that's so that night, like I said, that's when I finally felt the peace about the decision and that that was right for her. And that was like that's what had been eating at me the whole time was there wasn't a there wasn't a good plan and it, there wasn't the right plan. There were plans and that would have mm-hmm. been okay, but this was the right plan. And But then it took some time to figure them out. And finally, I, I just circled back to them. They met all the criteria. I wanted someone that liked to read and run. <laughs> I don't, I just felt like that balance. Hence you know? the marathon later. Yeah. And just later. someone that was like s- smart and athletic, you know, and then I wanted her to be a stay at home mom and she'd worked, but she said in her profile, she was going to quit when they got a baby. And then. I wanted him to, you know, just be a provider and that there were just a few things. I thought if my, I had my ideal life right yeah. now, I wanted her to be in that. Do you and think that's, that's, what, that's common for the birth moms? I would to, think so. To think, to, to pick a parent, um, to pick parents based on what they would like to live. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that because you're thinking if I'm not keeping you, I better sure as heck be putting you mm-hmm. somewhere amazing. Right. And so I kind of went through that maybe a couple of days of looking at more profiles and finally decided they were it. So I had never met him in person. There wasn't a face-to-face interview process to go through, but really, yeah, at least I, at least in my scenario, there wasn't. There might be others. So you picked them based on just an internet profile, yeah, pictures, and then you invited him to come meet their baby after she so, was born. Well, what happened after that? So I let my caseworker know who contacted their caseworker. I made him a little gift basket and I wrote him a letter. Well, uh, backtrack actually. Before that, we did email back and forth. And because I had more questions. You haven't met her. Yeah, I hadn't met her, but I wanted someone that didn't live near me. That was one, that was the only thing that they didn't meet on the criteria. And they lived really close actually. So, but I, that ended up Mm. being okay. Yeah. But I really... Yeah. So you pick them just based on that. So after emailing back and forth and really connecting, then I made a gift basket that had some of my favorite baby books and like a blanket and a note and all these things. And I gave it to my caseworker who gave it to theirs, who took it to their house. And that was the like announcement, right? So this was probably a Thursday and they wanted to meet face to face and we met on Saturday. And so I remember the meeting on Saturday and getting to the adoption agency and I just remember someone opening the door for me in the room that they were at. And there was this overwhelming flood of feeling like this was them. And it was so cool. And it just, that validated everything to me. Before that point, I was like, okay, I hope this is right. But it was, I didn't know how I was ever going to actually pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was so stressful, but cool to have the say, to be able to have some, you know, pick they had a dog, you know, different things like that. Um, and just to feel good about him, you know. So then after that, that was when, you know, the Saturday and then she was born the next Thursday or something. So so she came really quick after that. But, you know, everything was just, it kind of fell into place and it's been just really cool. Wow. That's amazing. So did you decide to have them at your birth or no, you called them afterwards? Yeah. And it, it all happened so quick. My And my first baby had been born five days late. I had in my mind, I wasn't going to have an early baby. And she came 12 days early. 
So wow. I, it was all, we went to dinner the next, the time after we'd met that night or that day at the adoption agency, we'd gone to dinner and she came that night actually. <gasps> so. Oh, all, the same day. So yeah. she was just waiting for you to pick the parents and meet them. And then we she was ready that, to yeah. go. Yeah. We joke about that. Actually. Like, here we go. Yep, ready, ready to go to, to my come. family. Yep. So I do personally, I actually do regret that I didn't invite at least her to the birth. And I probably would have him too, because I'm not that hung up on stuff. Like he could have stood. I was going to say, you do birthy things yeah. now. So I wouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. I do wish they could have been there for the birth of their baby. But the way things happen, that's not how it ended up. But yeah. So that night I got home and I was just on cloud nine because everything felt so amazing. Like this was the right thing. I was so uh-huh. happy gone to sleep and I woke up in a puddle Oh, <laughs> and I, I was living with my aunt at the time who's elderly and I had to wake her up. She drove me to the hospital. It was just kind of a fun Hollywood dramatic, you know, whatever. Oh no. And we got there and I, so my first birth had been just textbook medical, right? Go to the hospital, have an epidural, push the baby out. Probably had some Pitocin. I don't even remember. It was just such right. a, I was just there to have a baby, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, this one Luckily, my Aunt Jill, who's a doula, had offered to come with me to have the baby. Thank you. I needed someone to come yeah. with me. Um, and that, you know, I, my elderly aunt wasn't comfortable being in the room or anything. <laughs> um, so I'd gone in, not contracting at all, water broken. And I think I was at like a four or something. And blood draw, you know, phlebotomist comes in, draws my blood. A little while later, the anesthesiologist comes in. I'm thinking I'm just getting my routine epidural. <laughs> And he tells me that my blood's way too thin to have the For epidural. an epidural? Yeah. Oh, that's I, news you wanted to hear. Turns out I have really low platelets. I have an autoimmune disease that presents itself when I'm pregnant. And my blood is that's super thin. super convenient. Yeah. Convenient. So, so oh. here I am in this adoption scenario. Like, it's kind of crazy. And, every, and then I find out I can't have an epidural, which now knowing, I'm glad I couldn't have an epidural. But at the time, that was just kind of scary. And so to me, and so I... Winged an unmedicated birth. (laughs) And I remember every bit of it. And I love that it was unmedicated because that's the birth, the first birth I connected with. And I needed to connect with that birth. That was very powerful to me. So, so after that, Mm. I, you know, well, and I, I just remember thinking about pushing her out. That was during my labor and thinking about pushing the baby out. That was terrifying to me. How's it going to feel pushing a watermelon out of me? Yeah, we, we can talk that about that. That just sounded scary. Yeah. Um, and I remember that feeling and just how connected I felt with, I loved that I felt that. It wasn't the terrible feeling I thought, right? Mm. So, so the birth was actually amazing. And my having a doula there was amazing. And that's what actually, side note, why I became a doula partially that and empowering fearless birth. But um, but just that opened my mind to options in birth, right? And mm-hmm. so so I left that birth. Next day was the adoption. I You would have thought I was, like, maybe you wouldn't have thought, but, like, to me, I felt textbook for postpartum depression, right? And mm-hmm. I, I'd struggled with it with my first, really bad, actually, and I just assumed it was going to happen with this scenario. I didn't have the baby, I, you know, all these things and, but I actually left feeling so empowered because I'd had the unmedicated birth and I'd done something really hard and handed my baby over to someone else. So when it came to postpartum, I just remember thinking how much I didn't want the depression that I'd had with my first, because now I'm a single mom with a little boy and no partner 
And I really just didn't want to feel depressed. Obviously, no one wants to feel depressed. No. But I remember just thinking, what can I do? And I was at the gym because it was wintertime. I was walking on the treadmill slowly. <laughs> Very was, slowly. You know, not gingerly. Even, I was probably like not even two weeks. But I just thought I need to move my body, right? And I something on TV about a marathon, like mm. training for a marathon. And I remember just thinking... I should run a marathon. <laughs> there like, we go. I was just totally like, okay, I've had an unmedicated birth and I've placed a baby for adoption. I am, I can do anything, right? And so so five months to the day that she was born, I ran a full marathon in San Diego. And <gasps> Oh my so gosh. So to think of postpartum, that my postpartum was, period, recovery, was actually really cool yeah. because I took my situation like you know and I just let it empower me and I just kind of went with it and Mm -hmm. I you know found and what really helped me if I get into my first postpartum story and the struggles I learned lifestyle changes to make to help myself feel better and so this birth I'd gone into where I'm like okay what do I need to do you know so so anyway that was just wow really cool to me to that like those were the that that was life-changing for me the birth the adoption did you breastfeed your baby at all? No. No, nope, not I at all. I didn't even consider it. And educated, being educated now on that, I would have, and I would have pumped for them too, but I didn't even think about it. To me, it was like, the baby's not with me, so. Well, I'm just curious how that affected postpartum if you were trying to pump. and Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being so open and candid. I still feel like the world that you went through so foreign from my own experiences, but I just want to tell you how much I thank you and honor you. And we have the listeners who've stuck with us this far. Thank you so much for helping us the insight into the whole process for you. I believe that that baby's born, no matter how they're born. Well, I've heard this quote. Is this okay? One more politically incorrect quote. Okay, <laughs> here no, we go. <laughs> here we go. I've heard that. Um, that there's nothing, there's n- nothing bad about a baby. That the, the circumstances that might have been a mistake or uh, bad things, but a baby is never a mistake. Oh, absolutely, I totally agree with that. And yeah, yeah. Thank you for letting me share. I am. I'm actually really proud of this. Like it just <laughs> is something I'm happy to talk about anytime. Yeah, it just has gone really well for me. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. And thank you to LaunchPod Media, who produces these podcasts.